0: The Syracuse basketball offseason has gotten off to a chaotic, eventful, stunning start with big news day after big news day, and that does not change on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Judah Mintz, to test the NBA draft waters, we'll break it all down. It's Locked On Syracuse. Let's get right after it. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Good morning, happy Tuesday, and thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. And every day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Owen Valentine talking Judah Mintz news. It was something that we've been discussing on and on for the last couple of months, it feels like, especially when Syracuse basketball was struggling. And this was one of the big, bright stories. And when the season ended, you were wondering what would happen. And when J.J. Starling commits to Syracuse off the transfer portal, what would happen? And that conversation has been ongoing. We've got our next edition of the Judah Mintz conversation, and it comes after news uh, late-ish Monday evening that Judah Mintz will test the NBA draft waters. He took to his Instagram as well as his Twitter. I'll read the whole thing. It's not all too long. Uh, says, quote, For as long as I can remember, I've had the same dream. I've dedicated countless hours to the pursuit of that dream, my freshman year at Syracuse was part of that dream. It was an incredible experience. I'm thankful for the love and support of my teammates, and I receive from the Syracuse community. I'm announcing that I will continue to pursue my dream and enter my name into the 2023 NBA draft process while maintaining my college eligibility. I'm excited and blessed to have this opportunity, and I cannot wait to see what is in store for my future. Eligibility is still there. He's testing the draft waters. I think that's what a lot of people, myself included, assumed would happen. I said yesterday, 75% chance I think he comes back. I don't think this news shifts at all too much. That was a realization I think many of us had, and you've got to be aware of it at this point in time that that is a, a really smart decision for a lot of kids to be able to go out and test those waters, see where they stand, right? Are they going to be a mid-first, a late-first? Are they going to be a mid-to-late second? What needs to be improved upon? These are all very, very important questions that can factor into, you know, an NBA draft candidate's decision into what they end up doing. Do they come back? Do they transfer? Do they, you know, stay there, right? Do they test the water, see what happens come actual draft day? There's a lot of decisions that go into this. First and foremost, we're going to lead with congratulations to Judah, a phenomenal, Phenomenal freshman season, over 16 points a game, four plus assists per game, led the ACC in steals as a freshman, runner-up in the ACC Freshman of the Year standings. Phenomenal freshman season, one of the better freshman seasons we've seen at Syracuse in the last few years easily, uh, pushing towards the last decade. Uh, He's in that conversation. I don't know if he's truly number one, but in that conversation. He had a phenomenal year, and I think you have to lead with a congratulations to him because this is deserved whether he leaves or not to be able to be in this conversation and to be in a position where this is an option that people aren't questioning it doesn't seem weird it doesn't seem forced is a nod to the year he had and the season that he played at Syracuse despite a very very difficult uh year for Syracuse as a whole now this is the back and forth we've been having you've seen him pop up in some 2023 mocks throughout the season, you saw him pop up uh, as a mid first in a 2023 mock over on ESPN and, or in a 2024 mock over on ESPN. And you weren't really sure. Would it be 23? Would it be 24? I think right now I still lean 24 in terms of when he will be out of Syracuse. I think he comes back still. We'll see what happens. There's a lot to happen. We've heard from you on Twitter. Uh, we'll get to those a little bit later in the show. But he's all over the place, and there hasn't really been, I guess, a solidified spot where he's fallen. In the 23 mocks, I saw him as early as number 33 over on NBA.com. There was, I believe, a Bleacher Report article um, on NBA.com that had him at number 33 to the Pistons. And there was another Bleacher Report article that had him at number 41 to the Hornets, there's some others. He seems pretty in the 23 draft. He seems like a consensus early to mid second round guy. Some occasionally late. He's a second round guy is all you can really gather from the different mocks that you've seen at this point. It's not really set in stone if he can bump to, to a first round pick. And I don't know if he thinks he'll be in that conversation, but by going he can remain t- or, rem- or Let's pause. He maintains, there's the word, maintains that eligibility to come back like you're starting to see more and more guys do. This is very good for the players to be able to get out, join these conversations, have conversations with, you know, with NBA staff and scouts and things like that to to be a little bit further along and understand where your focus and priority should be in the off season. Those extra eyes, that extra feedback can go a really long way. And I'm excited to see what you get from Judah in terms of info and how he can grow from it, whether it is at Syracuse, whether it is uh, wherever that next step is in terms of the NBA draft. You're very interested to see what happens there. Uh, I don't know what happens. I'll tell you in terms of feedback, the pros that you're starting to see everywhere have to do with his ability to get to the rim, his athleticism. You're starting to see a little bit in terms of the steals and people talking defense, a pinch Uh, And his ability, I think a lot of that stems from the athleticism that people are seeing. The physicality, his ability to to finish through traffic, I think I can hit on 10 different times, is going to be the biggest factor that comes up. The mid-range game is solid, for sure. You're seeing that. And I don't know what else is on that list yet. And I think you're going to see a lot more in the week following this news as you start to piece more and more together about what it is with regards to Judah Mintz that people like and maybe what they still think there needs to be improvement on. The cons list is priority number one is the three-point shot and I will say this Judah did a ton for himself in the last nine games of the season. I think he finished 11 for 21 in the last nine games from three. Definitely helps him out. I think it was a four for four three-point shooting performance against Clemson. Helps the numbers tremendously. If I remember correctly. His three-point percentage shot up about 9 or 10% uh, in that three-game stretch where he started to to really shoot the ball at a better elevated clip. I think that goes a long way in terms of his improvements, but the deep shot and showing it for a more extended period of time is still a high priority and still a worry. Another worry I see in terms of mocks, in terms of draft profiles, in terms of brief articles you see, Uh, had to do with a little bit of player control, right? You saw early on, and I think it definitely improved throughout the season tremendously. Part of that switching from, you know, an off-guard or an off-guard ball guard to uh, your point guard spot in in a completely different change of roles, figuring out how to play in that role and the control that comes with that and not forcing things took a little bit. I think the end of the season showed uh, he definitely grew tremendously with regards to that category. the question that you will always get with guys coming out of Syracuse, especially, you know, as Jim Beheim was the coach last year, maybe that'll fade out. It should fade out. But the question with NBA prospects and NBA type guys coming out of Syracuse is how can you defend transferring from the two, three zone to the NBA? Uh, So that will naturally be, um, I guess, a weakness or a con when you look at him. And I think he needs to get a little bit stronger If we're going to add to that cons list a little bit, right, we're looking at the things that truly need to be improved upon. If he puts on a little bit of muscle, gets a little bit stronger, I think that makes his game even the more better, right? You already have a guy that can finish at the rim really, really effectively to add that extra strength and to be a little more strong uh, core, arms, legs, just that explosiveness that can come from it and being able to that much better finish through traffic is going to be absolutely tremendous. There's more to talk about, right? The likelihood of him coming back. What salary implications might have on this decision. Some other factors uh, brought into this decision. Plus, some of the thoughts from the Twitter world about an hour and a half, two hours after this news first came out. We'll talk all of that after the break. But before that, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's easy to use. I love using it. Very simple to navigate. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores uh, and threes drained. Uh, A lot of player props on there. The two-by-three. Two threes in the first three minutes is a really fun one, as always. Uh, Let's give a little predictor, I guess. We'll look ahead to Thursday's games in terms of March Madness. That UCLA-Gonzaga game strikes me as really, really exciting. Uh, I think it's going to be a game where you're going to grind it out. It's going to be a little bit slower. Baskets might come at a bit of a premium. I like the under in that game, under 145 and a half. Uh, for the late game on Thursday night in the tournament. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to eat your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Owen Valentine here on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. We're talking Judah Mintz news. This was a conversation that had started many times and a conversation that will continue. The more and more we figure out, the more news we get. But Judah Mintz, to test the NBA draft waters, maintains the eligibility. He can still come back, but right now testing the waters, doing some NBA stuff, talking to executive staffs possibly joining the combine, things of that nature uh, are coming in the future for Judah Mintz. He has until June 12th to withdraw, right? We're mid-March right now. So he's got two, three months to, to make this decision, to get intel, to figure out how to improve his game in the long run, things of that nature. And what does it mean right now? Right now, we still don't necessarily know. But what we do know with regards to Judah Mintz Is that there are a lot of players and a lot of decisions that are dependent. And this doesn't necessarily give you those answers. If Judah Mintz leaves, I think that says a ton to Joe Girard in terms of wanting to stay and not transfer elsewhere and not call it a career. Right? No Judah means that you're gonna be probably. An extended minutes starting guard once again for year five. That's a big jump compared to the Starling and Judah and Joe all chopping minutes in whatever proportion ends up being the decision. That's up in the air, very, very dependent on a tough decision that Autry would have to make, and I'm glad I don't have to. You talk other guys, though. You talk Syracuse's ability, Adrian Autry's ability to get out in the portal and see where things go from there, right? You talk about a guy uh, like Battle who entered the transfer portal. You talk about a guy like Charles Pride, uh, both guards in the portal right now with Syracuse ties in one way or another. Just to name a few, there's many, many more. With Judah gone knowing that, you can offer to the guards. You can bring them in. It makes a lot more sense because it's an easier pitch because the minutes are much more bountiful, right? You know that. You know you're going to be able to get some more minutes with Judah gone, as opposed to whatever the, the distribution is with him present. I don't know what that decision is yet. And I think it does lead to to some new info and some new, I guess, you know, players, I would assume are, are weighing out a lot of options. And this adds a little bit of fuel to a fire that is, you know, a very difficult decision to make already. And we'll see what happens with it. I wanted to talk for a few minutes just in terms of what the second round projections for the 23 draft mean versus the 2024 mock that we saw at ESPN has Judah as a mid to late first round pick. Now, there is a rookie scale, right? The NBA rookie scale in terms of salary is in effect for the first round. And you have to make between 120% and 80% of that number uh, that is given. And that's part of negotiations, things of that nature. You don't have the same guarantees as a second-round draft pick. Uh, you can still get a decent contract, still get a decent salary for sure, but you don't have the same guarantees. Just to break it down, picks 1 through 10 this season will be $9.2 million to $4 million, uh, $9.2 being first overall, $4 million being 10th overall. 11 through 20 is 3.8 million to 2.4 million. Judah was projected, I believe, at 22. That range is 2.3 to 1.8 million a year in terms of salary. And then the second round, things change, right? These are three four year deals. Typically, they're a four year deal uh, with about a 20 ish percent increase year by year. 2024 Judah projected to make just about 2.2 per year over a four year stretch, which would probably be a $10 million plus contract uh, or very close to a $10 million contract with the percentage increase that you will get year over year. Now, to look into the second round and at some of the projections. Bleacher Report, as I said, had him at 41 to the Hornets. Last year's 41st overall pick got a two-year, $1.5 million contract, just about $500K a year. Last year's 33rd overall pick, which is where the other mock that I found in terms of the first page of Google Mocks at this point in time for the 23 draft, has him to the Pistons at 33, Last year's 33 had a three-year $5.2 million deal, which is just under the number 30 overall pick in terms of salary. So pretty proportional there, but either way, a significant drop-off in terms of salary. And I say this all the time with regards to players that choose to test NBA waters and players that choose to get drafted, players that choose to make money. To love what you do, to love the sport of basketball, to love your craft, and as Mintz said in his you know info tweet announcing this, you know the hours he's put into this dream, right that means so much because you've put so much into it, the second you can get paid to accomplish that dream, I don't think you can fault anybody. How do you, right? This is what you've lived for what you've spent hours and hours and years and years and blood, sweat, and tears working towards, how do you fault someone for it? However, the money difference between pick 22 and probably what would be close to a $10 million four-year contract versus a two-year 500k to 1.5 million dollar contract or million a year contract. That's a noticeable difference. That's a big deal. NIL or NIL money. Interesting, right? How much would you make in NIL coming back to Syracuse? All things weighing into this conversation. Plus projections, plus the conversations he will inevitably have in the coming months. All weighing into this. I don't think we fully know the implications to Syracuse, their ability to get transfers, their ability to get uh, players to stay, their ability to get a late addition in the 23 class, wherever that may be, just yet, right? I don't think it gives us all of that info, but it starts spurning those conversations and bringing those conversations to light with a little bit more info in terms of how that will work. All right, let's take a quick look. Over at Twitter, see what y'all are saying about this situation. The immediate thoughts on Judah Mintz. in the NBA draft waters. Um, Patrick Cuddy, first question says, do you think he'll stay in if he finds out he's a second-round lock? That was the question I just pondered with the money. It's tough because there is a lot of money, right? 500K, I'm saying it as if it's nothing. Ton of money, right? Who was denying that? 500K a year, that would stink right but at the same time it's weighing the potential of coming back right there is always when you're playing more basketball a chance at injury that looms large there is the chance that right you saw it with Tyus Battle uh year 2 to year 3 regression right you saw it with guys who regressed or didn't have that same dominance the second time around that is it that is a factor but as many times as that happens You know, you got guys that come back, they ball out, they do what they do even better the second year, and the draft stock increases as you would assume. It's a gamble. It is a toss-up. It is betting on yourself and the ability to stay healthy amongst other things. I think if he's a second-round lock, he would come back. First round, I think he goes. I think a second-round lock would mean he comes back. Bryce McDonald. I think he's going to get the most obvious and best advice for him, which is to stay at Syracuse another year. Have Jerry McNamara really teach you how to get the 35% plus mark from downtown. And that should make him a first round pick. If he comes back, he has that same ability to finish through traffic, get to the rim, distribute effectively and shoots the ball three, four, five percent better. I think he finished straight around 29, 30%. If he could get, or not 29, 30%, uh, wherever he finished, if he could get up above 30, even like 33% that goes a long way uh, in terms of the resume, in terms of what people think of you in terms of a shooter, as you look at this, Uh, Lucas Sachel, he'd be dumb not to do this. Good for him. I truly think he comes back. I think that's the thought process for a lot of people makes a ton of sense. Why wouldn't you get this info if it's going to be readily available for you? And you are at that caliber of a player, uh, good for him, right? I don't think it's anyone really angered with him. If you are, you're in the wrong. Put that out there. If you are angry at Judah Mintz for doing this, you are in the wrong. And I don't think there are many people uh, that are in that boat. Uh, and I think he comes back. More, I, I I would say I'm more likely, in terms of the spectrum here, I would lean towards him coming back probably a 60 nod, which is notably different than my 75 from yesterday. It's an ever-changing thing. It's like the stock market. One day it's up, one day it's down. Or if I buy your stock, it's down. It's just how that world works there. Uh, Dominic Valerati, Valerati, I am sorry. Uh, it's always a good thing to see what you need to improve on, 100% there. Uh, if they tell him he's a first round, good for him. I'll cheer for him in the NBA. If they come back and say, We're work on the a lottery pick helps us when he comes back good for him if he goes right congrats well done especially if he goes in the first round right how can you fault a guy for that uh and if he comes back i think it puts syracuse in an awesome position to have a an elevated and far more successful season next year than we've seen the last two years john wells from an nba scouting standpoint what would prevent him from getting drafted in the first round besides three-point shooting which we know is his primary weakness right now i went over it a little bit Uh, there's always questions regarding uh, the transition from the 2-3 to a more NBA defense I think with a guy like Judah you want him to bulk a little bit as we talked about Um, that control you're starting to see right he's a little more comfortable ability to run the offense I think a lot of it though and you know you say outside of the three-point shooting the three-point shooting looms large right now and that is the big kryptonite that is what you're looking at in terms of why he's not a first round talent, because if you tell me he can do what he does and shoots the ball at 35%, I don't think there's anyone telling you he's not a first round draft pick right now. So it's hard to look around that because that is the Achilles heel. That is what people are looking at. And that is the biggest thing that jumps off the page on every cons list or every his weakness here, or the one shortcoming is this. That's what comes up. Uh, Real OBS or ABS, ABHS says, I think he will come back, a la O'Shea testing the waters in 2018, see what he needs to work on, come back, try and get to the tourney, at least move into the end of the first round for next year. Yeah, I think it's cool for a lot of people to be able to come back, to play in a tournament, to get that elevation, to have things work out in Syracuse a little bit more successfully. Uh, Yeah, 100% with that. Caleb Patry, last response today. I think it was to be expected, low risk, high reward, Good decision from Judah. Exactly correct. It is low risk, right? You're not putting anything out there that hurts you. Uh, And the reward is high, right? If you find out that you're getting drafted better than you anticipated, that's huge. You learn what people are looking for, different ways to elevate your game more than the surface level that, you know, I mean, no disrespect to guys writing mocks, but you, you know, you get two sentences to describe a player, right? These more extended conversations, these more extended looks are going to get you all the much more information uh, with regards to how to improve and how to tailor your game for the next level. Because we all know, and I don't think anyone is doubting, Mintz's ability to be a player at the NBA, or in the NBA, or at least to be a draft-eligible, draft-caliber player. He's 100% there. What happens with it? What can he improve? Zero risk. Very low risk. And the reward is tremendous to be able to get you to a point where you are a first round level talent and you're going to make more money and you're going to be a far more likely success story in the NBA. All right. A couple shout outs before we finish this one up. I teased it yesterday. It wasn't official until today. Cuse Women's Lacks, the number one team in the country they play today, uh, watch the game. They are an absolute train. They are phenomenal. Hop on board because they're fun. They're high energy. They're absolutely dominant. And they are the best team in the country. Something special is brewing right now in terms of Cuse Lacks on the women's side. Phenomenal. Excuse me. They do not play tonight. They play Wednesday uh, at 8 p.m. against Stony Brook. 9-0. and Dominant, you can catch that game on ESPN. You, I'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow, I'm sure, or maybe I won't. We might have a special guest tomorrow to jump ahead, uh, talk a little bit of other things. Uh, Q's Women's Basketball advancing to the round of 16, the Sweet 16. They call it something different in the NIT. I'm sorry, uh, it is not in my mind right now, but making it to the 16 in terms of the Women's NIT. Big win tonight, looked good, looked confident. It is what it is, right? It's the NIT. It's hard to get that fired up. But at the same time, year one with a new coach. I think they're overachieving a lot and some drastic change and some drastic improvement in year one. Really cool to see. We'll be rooting for them, continue to root for them uh, as they continue. Hopefully they keep making a little run here. I think it'd be fun. Any championship is good, I think, given you know where that program left off and, and the changes and the issues that you've seen in the last couple of years. So good for them. The women's side carrying the weight right now. Uh, in terms of Q's football, did a little pro day today, having some guys show out. I saw some uh, some field goal attempts from Andre Schmidt, some drills from uh, Bergeron, doing some getting some uh, some big noise, some big celebrations. Uh Michael Jones showing out a little bit. Garrett Williams, 19 reps on the bench that would have been the best number out of all of the cornerbacks at the draft combine. He said he could have got 20, said he wishes he got 20 is what it is. Uh good to see those guys out and about. Good to get another look at them of note. And I'm sure we'll talk about this as the draft, you know, looms even closer. Uh Sean Tucker, non-participant today. Uh, battling some sort of injury stuff at this point in time. We'll see what happens. We'll continue with all of that. Uh, Thank you so much. That's where we'll wrap things up for today. Uh, For making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown College Basketball. It's tournament time. There's so much to talk about. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow. We should have some interview, a big conversation talking about Q's football recruiting. It hasn't been great. I am going to see if my mind is changed tomorrow, but I will not know. We'll see. We'll have some fun with that. Uh, If you got any questions, I'm recording like 630-ish tomorrow. Uh, Feel free to tweet at me, at LO underscore Syracuse. Any questions with regards to football recruiting, 23 class, 24 class, some visits that are upcoming, things of that nature, recruiting as a whole with regards to Syracuse football. Don't hesitate. Fire away. Let me know. I will try to hit on them uh, as much as possible in this conversation. That'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Enjoy your day. Smile. Make somebody smile. Tell a joke. Compliment someone. Hold the door for someone. Be a good person. I'm Owen Valentine. I'll catch you tomorrow.